Welcome to Cut to the Chase, the breakdown on American politics. I'm Brooke Prescott, the healthcare administrator who just happens to be passionate about politics. I want to share love and I want to receive love. One of the ways that I show it is through service. Serving you the breakdown on American politics daily. Let's get into it. Welcome, good people. It's Brooke. I have been away for um, over a week. As you guys know, I am a healthcare administrator, so I was in a class all week trying to get better at what I'm doing um, as an administrator, as a project manager slash analyst um, professional, and It literally took me away all week, so I am sorry I was gone. I want to go ahead and get started with um, information on this pandemic, Monday, April 13th, 2020. Our national cases of coronavirus are at 568,319,000, and our fatalities nationally are at 22,859. New York holds 195,031 of those cases. The United States at this time leads the world with number of coronavirus deaths. USA, USA, US, totally inappropriate. But um, I think that that chance is a perfect example of how our pride And our lack of humility has really um, allowed us to get ourselves in quite the pickle. All right, beyond um, the data, the numbers that I typically share. um, So a big New York Times article um, that was co-authored by a number of reporters um, talked about what Trump knew and when he knew it. And it is quite a damning um, article that I would encourage everyone to read. It, it's quite a long read, but it is um, informative nonetheless. Um, that article um, and the buzzing around that article um, forced Dr. Fauci. Remember you guys, I told you about who Dr. Fauci was, how um, incredibly sharp he was, and what his knowledge was about around and about pandemics and epidemics. Well, um, I knew that eventually if they kept asking Dr. Fauci the same question that he would um, say what we already knew out loud, and that is that Trump's delay in response illustrates profound incompetence. Now, he didn't use those words exactly. He said, you know, I think everyone knows that, you know, if we knew what we knew at the right time, and we started mitigating earlier, we would have saved lives. Dr. Fauci didn't have to say that for us to know that that's what what the case was, but sometimes the reporters just get in a, um, get in a stance and um, get in a position, and they want to prove a point, and that is that, you know, Trump was profoundly incompetent in his response to the pandemic. The New York Times 
reveals that um, Trump started getting data back in January. Um, I think one of my first, one of my first um, podcasts said that we got information in January as well, but it didn't start to circle around until February, and that was from the head of the CDC at that time. But but the New York Times confirms that he had information back in January. But he basically batted it away, um, batted away warnings from all kinds of officials. By February 23rd, um, one of the officials leaked document found that the administration was literally squandering um, at a very vital time to act. So basically, Trump was told by a plethora of people, um, a, a, a generous amount of people attempted to get this information up to him, starting with the National um, Security Council, uh, the trade advisor that I had spoken with you guys about on a previous podcast, Peter Navarro, um, the Department of Human and Health Services tried to sound the alarm. Um, and then top uh, public health experts also tried to warn um, your commander in confusion about what was going on. Um, and apparently, um, when the, the top public health experts attempted to try to get together to put a formalized plan together in front of this man. He got annoyed that the head of the CDC um, started talking about the virus ahead of him. Um, and this is what um, Eric Lipton, who happens to be an investigative reporter, reporter um, from the New York Times, this is how he explains what happened. time that his top medical advisors had reached the consensus that it was it was time to go now for this flipping of the switch and so they decided you know they would wait until he got home because they wanted to present this to him in person and in in the interim a cdc official spoke at a press conference and said we're going to need to you know consider closing schools and interrupting society stock market began to tank President Trump was getting on a plane at that moment on his way to come back to the United States, and he was furious because this was the beginning of the major decline in the stock market. And and by the time he got home, he was railing out the you know the head of the Health and Human Services, angry at what had happened. And the net result was that there was a three-week delay before the United States, before the president stood there and said, "It's time for social. It's the 15 days to stop the spread." That whole campaign. And, and that two weeks of, of delay is really consequential in terms of the number of people that in, in, in places like New York. And, and it's, of course, it's the governors who have the power to make those calls, but they need the leadership from the federal government, from the president, who gives them the cover to say, we need to make this move. Our health experts have concluded that now this is the time to go. And, the net, and instead what happened was different governors made different choices, and, and those choices had enormous consequences. By enormous consequences, he means a whole bunch of people died and a whole bunch of people got sick. And now 
we're existing in pissy pools. Okay? Because he threw a fit, had a temper tantrum that someone else announced what was happening with the virus, um, tried to give us a fair warning, tried to tell us, hey, you got to close everything down and everyone needs to shelter in place. He had a hissy fit. He got pissed off, didn't say anything, and there was a two to three week delay, which caused the people of New York to be in the type of mess that they're in right now and the people of this country to be in the mess that they're in right now. And so my question to you is, what if you found out some really vital information on your job or um, if someone said that they had sent you a memo on your job and because you didn't respond to that memo in a timely and efficient way, um, I don't know, you ended up losing an account. Now I know you're saying to yourself, losing an account versus losing lives, oh my God, those are two really big differences. You're accurate. Those are facts. They are two very big different things. And yet, I know plenty of people who may have lost their jobs. <laughs> Because they missed a memo. And yet, we allow this utter incompetent person to lead our country into the ground. People to watch. Um, so I've gotten feedback. Listeners love this segment where we talk about people to watch, something to watch, um, governors and states to watch during this pandemic. So I'm going to give you an update on that. As I have been saying since the beginning, California is the place to get down with. California's Governor Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, if I were into white men, I might be attracted to. I don't know if it's the power or if it's the looks. Can't call it. Well, anyway, that was a sidebar. Uh, Gavin Newsom is out here saving lives, and you should be proud, California. Yay. Y'all ought to be proud about what Governor Gavin Newsom is doing to save lives. He said that before his state gets ready, to be reintroduced um, into society from a shelter in place. Anything that his state does will be driven by facts, evidence, science, public health advisors, and a collaborative spirit. So here's the new thing, because our federal government does not understand the concept of pissy pools, um, we have some governors who actually get that concept, and um, Governor Gavin is uh, joining uh, Oregon and Washington uh, to deliver a plan um, for reopening 
you know, introducing people back into society. And and his thought is that we need a regional re- approach. We really need a damn federal approach. But since we don't have um, a president who is intelligent enough or gives a damn enough about the people of this country, the governors have taken on an initiative to do these, like, regional um, openings of their uh, states. And so, like I said, California, Oregon, and Washington are going to work together um, to deliver um, a model on how to open up um, your states, right? Because, you know, it's, it's the example of if I'm standing right here on this side of the pool, right, you guys know about the pissy pool analogy at this point. And the governors understand that. And they're saying, well, let's at least do this in a regional way. Another, um, another uh, regional area that is interested in doing the very same thing is... Governor Andrew Cuomo um, of New York, uh, he is doing a Northeast delivery, which has a very similar model to what California is doing. Um, and he basically said, you know, we can't, we cannot operate like an island. We have to have this approach where we partner with other states right around us to mitigate um Areas of infection. We don't want the infection to go back up again because we're opening each individual state at different times. Way to go, guys. I'm so proud of you. So, Andrew Cuomo um, and, you know, California, you know, both started announcing this. And who, who you think I met? Who you think started acting crazy? You got it. Commander in Confusion, he got on Twitter and basically said, governors seem to think that they run this, but the reality is I run this, and I'll tell y'all when the states will open up again. Let me tell you what Governor Cuomo said about that. And this is going to be coming. This piece that you're going to hear um, is coming straight from MSNBC's Deadline White House. Um, And the previous piece that you heard was actually from uh, Rachel Maddow's show. I want to make sure that I um, give credit for that. But the piece that you're hearing right now is going to be Governor Cuomo talking about or responding to Trump saying that he's running things. Check out uh, Andrew Cuomo. And Cuomo basically said that I think it's interesting that, you know, when it was time to shut things down, uh, Trump didn't want to have anything to do with that, but he wants to take the credit for opening things up. But check out, check it out. Listen to him verbatim. It's a state's decision, right? Uh, And then that was followed up by FEMA doesn't do the purchasing. That's up to the states. Uh, And there was tremendous delegation to the states. So that was model one. But put that aside. Let's say he wants to go to model two. And model two is I'm the president. This is a federal emergency declaration. I'm in charge. Uh, I'm going to put the plan in place. Okay, here's the responsibility. Tell me how it works. 
What does that mean? Uh, are you going to take care of all the testing? Because states can't do testing to uh, anywhere near the scale of this operation. Uh, tell me what to do about New York City versus Albany versus Buffalo. Tell me how to do New York versus Texas. Is it a percentage of population that is infected? How do you do it? And you want to take responsibility, federal government? Here's the bag, right? Now, I <laughs> my nigga said, here's the bag, partner. Here's the bag. How you going Leave us out here blowing in the wind when it was time to shut everything down. Now you talking about you want to try to roll with things when it's time to open it back up. Here's the bag, partner. If you can do it, you can do it with level of competency. I, you know, we would support you doing it. Go for it. Well, I am so happy that Governor Cuomo... And Gavin over there in California have decided to take things in control um, and do things their way. Um, keep an eye on those states. And if you live in any of them, congratulations. You are working with a sound government structure. All right. Uh, the final state that I want to talk about is South Dakota. Hide your wives. Hide your kids. This governor refused to do a shelter in place even up until this moment, right now, as I breathe, <laughs> right now. Mm -hmm. Still no shelter in place in South Dakota, and that is even though a cluster of coronavirus positive cases showed up in a meat packing plant um, in Sioux Falls. 350 cases in that plant alone, to which they indefinitely shut the plant down because it was just so many people walking up in there with Rona. But the South Dakota governor said, we chill, we good for now. Keep an eye out for South Dakota, and if you live in South Dakota, Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Because Rona's there. And Rona don't play no games. On to a little segment I call, Who all over there? What y'all doing over there? Elections, 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 elections. Um, don't forget we got an election coming up, you guys. Primaries, um, you know, are in this little wave right now. Um, I talked to you last week about, you know, the atrocity that happened in Wisconsin. Well, I am here to report that the citizens of Wisconsin literally put their lives on the line to vote in a Democratic-backed candidate, Jill Karofsky, for the Supreme Court seat. Um, way uh, to go with moving out the conservative incumbent. Um, so they have a Democratic-backed candidate in Wisconsin, congratulations to Jill 
Korofsky out of Wisconsin. Um, by the way, speaking about um, elections and voting, you know, for November, we really need to resoundly decide as a nation to mail in our votes. Um, it was determined in Chicago that last month um, during primary elections, um, a couple of people literally died from um, being at polling places. Um, they have traced it back um, to a couple of deaths. Um, one person was a voting judge. Um, and so, you know, he was there to administer the votes and he lost his life to coronavirus. So we really need to uh, get the message out there that votes need to be mailed in. Um, for, no, for, for November because the coronavirus will not be gone in November. I don't know what you thought. It will not be gone by November. Remember I told you there is no pharmaceutical path. There is not going to be one for a minute. And as long as we don't have one, the virus is still out there. People can still catch it, and people can still spread it. So we got to uh, work to to protect ourselves. All right. Also on who all over there, uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders um, and Joe Biden um, have publicly fallen in love with each other. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, publicly endorsed Joe Biden today. And Joe Biden, to which responded um, very graciously and said that he would need Bernie Sanders to some extent in government. So that is hope, right, in the midst of the crazy. All right, we are going to round up today's podcast with our most vulnerable. I am simply asking in this um, final piece as we exit tonight that we pray for our elderly and our prison population. They are dying and America does not care. The federal government has not um, begun to do any counting or tracking of the cases, but if you know someone who's in a um, a long-term facility, um, an elderly person that might be in a long-term facility, um, or if you know someone within the prison population, then you know that they are, too, dying, and it seems that America doesn't care. So I ask for your prayers for those two populations as I start to track those numbers. Thank you and good night.